<laughs> oh man, just in under the buzzer, I hope. As per- <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome um, to Debatable Fake Television Show, where uh, Kevin Clark is roughly 50 times more impressively dressed than me and Dominique. Hello, Kevin. That's right. Hi, I just sit in the middle of the seaport here and I wear a tie and people come up to me because they think I'm some sort of executive with firing power. <laughs> Everyone's nice to you? Extremely nice. People All I don't right, know. Are just, hey, how are you? Please, please don't give me, put me on an action plan, please. Yeah, I was going to say, I have HR, um, rather health insurance questions that I was hoping to resolve for me. My dental plan, I think I made the wrong decision and I want to undo that. You don't know what kind of pants I got on Pablo. How do you say he's incredibly better dressed than us unless you have like eddie murphy raw fabric Ooh. pants leather joints. instead of the jacket but like the red leather nah, I, like I got, I got on times is about right i got on prince pants all right let's start the show Ooh. i thought you were gonna say you went tuxedo for the waist down be a hell of a move. all right let's start with some football i mean yeah. you don't like ass out chaps i thought <laughs> I, i'm not Speaking gonna about a lot i'm of... not gonna kink shame but let's talk about football Speaking of a lot of chaps going ass out. <laughs> okay. What did uh, I miss in the last two months of not being on this show? Everything. A lot. Okay. A whole goddamn lot. Guys, let's talk football. There's only one question about tonight's game. Who you got? Rams or Bills? <laughs> Those words. Those words awaken something inside of yep. me. Who you got indeed? I mean, you guys are two of the most informed football minds. Can I say mm. that? Just I'm reducing you to your brains, just football minds. So I I, I defer to to you guys. What, what are you guys foot, I got some great football arms and pretty nice football nips too. So I mean, I would like if you appreciate all my football body parts. <laughs> <laughs> my football back, pretty strong too. Kevin, yep, your football D'Angeloids, those things yes. like right at the waist. That Kevin, cut. please please save me from this horrible horrible place that I've taken the show. Great. Uh, happy to do so. That's my job here. <laughs> That's why I got uh, the tie on. Super Bowl <laughs> champions uh. in week one, all time. 44, 10, and I think oh, one. I think there was a tie in there somewhere. Um, like Can Dominique. I get a quick 20 seconds? He's Can already I get a, doing it, Dominique. Can yeah, I get a sure. quick 20 seconds? Sure. Okay. So we were talking about this yesterday, me and Charlie, and I said, I think they do pretty good to gain one as defending Super Bowl champs. This is the difference between me and you stat me down. You actually went and looked it up. I respect that and appreciate it. But either way, I was right. Having said that, wow, I'm ready to throw out that stat because <gasps> the reason I know, I know, no, no, I'm going totally off field. The reason that they're 44, 10, and one, or whatever the hell it is, is because they're better. They're a better team. They won the Super Bowl last year. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, wait, the team that won the Super Bowl, who was the best team in football, happened to win the, the next week, the week 19 of the season, whatever you want to call it. It just happens to be seven months later. Yeah, that seems to check out. So, so I'm thinking that the Rams, Super Bowl hangover, Matthew Stafford elbow problems, uh, Odell's not back. Von Miller's not back. Allen Robinson is better than Odell at this point in his career. But having said that, the Bills have a better roster. The Bills at this point have a better quarterback. Uh, they do not have a better coaching staff, but that's fine. They win this game because they're the better team. I don't think there's any sort of magic on opening night that gives a Super Bowl champion the ability to win. The Bucks lost in, the, in their thing, and they had Tom Brady. So I do think it's the Bills because this is just a normal football game that a good team happens to be playing in. 
Um, mm. You left out Andrew, Andrew Whitworth as one of the players that they will be without from last year. And that he was on my podcast yesterday. And I oh, forgot him. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Dominique. I mean, no, you I, didn't tell I, know, me I, know, I know you we only are... have time to re-listen to your podcast. You did, you Can we stop referencing out. our other podcasts oh for the love of God? <laughs> ESPN Daily. Check it out. Thank you. I, also, I also, actually, I actually didn't reference what? my podcast. I said me and Charlie were talking because I didn't want to be the gross person who references who references their podcast. Kevin. Anyway, you left out Andrew Whitworth. Offensive line is very important to this matchup because the pass rush of the Bills yeah. is the strength of their defense. They aren't great in the secondary. They play a lot of cover two man uh, to protect their corners. So I, they, I, I said they aren't great in the secondary. They are extra great at safety. They aren't yeah. great at corner. Play a lot of cover two man to protect those corners. If they can hold up, that pass rush can hold up, or the Rams are able to run the ball and force them out of that, then I think the Rams have a chance. I don't think they're going to be able to do that, so I think the Bills will win. And Allen Robinson at this stage in his career is not better than Odell Beckham was um, before he tore his knee up. So I was going to yeah, say, how about if, today? We could, I'm like, if, I, if, we, if they played Kevin, today, you know, Odell you know, is three months away from playing, so we can safely say – but Allen Robinson is significantly more valuable. Well, I agree, but I guess the point was we were talking about how different this team is from last year's team, this Rams team. So yeah. if you're substituting Allen Robinson for the Odell Beckham that they had for the playoff run, I think that is a step down, not a step up. You're substituting Allen Robinson for Odell Beckham with a knee brace on? Okay, I'm with you. Pablo, I'm making the call. I don't want to, you know, Bigfoot you on your own. On your oh, own show. No, I was just threatening to call Odell Beckham Sr. and have him be no. the fourth box. I'm downgrading. I'm downgrading Dominique's football mind after that take. I'm downgrading uh, it. Um, it Allen Robinson, first of all, has had a great training camp. Second of all, he has played with awful quarterbacks his entire life. And not just in, in Chicago, Blake Bortles, Christian Hackenberg in college. Bro, you take one pass from Christian Hackenberg. And your life has changed forever, okay? Oh, and that's Alan sack. Robinson. The fact he's been able to overcome that, he should get comeback player of the year this year <laughs> just because of the quarterbacks he played with, uh, not any, not overcoming well, anything else. And so I think that he is – I think he's, he's, he's been better than Odell for, for a little bit. I right. am concerned that your football minds are going too big brain right now. Because, Al Bassett, <laughs> we've now had like several minutes of Alan Robinson talk. And Kevin alluded to the thing that I actually as – as certainly a lesser football um, bit of gray matter, have questions about which is the quarterback, right? So Matthew Stafford has this elbow yeah. thing. It's been diagnosed as a quote-unquote baseball injury, which has mystified the Rams. The Rams mystification mystifies me. Like, I don't know <laughs> why you'd be mystified that a guy throwing a lot has yeah. had a like tendonitis thing. But now it seems against the Bills. Like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like this is kind of like those Japanese high school pitchers who are going to enter the Koshin tournament where they throw like 800 pitches. What? Like Matthew Stafford is going to throw the football so much tonight is where I'm trying to land this okay. play. Gotcha. And I feel like we're going to, it feels like we're going to learn a lot, aren't we, about how stable the Rams offense is based on that 
on that thing, that elbow. I, what What is I the coaching know. tournament? Yeah, don't do it. It's don't do it. Don't Japanese get drawn in. The pitchers have no pitch counts, and they throw like eight, literally 800 pitches in like six games. This Am is, I the only one? Alabaster, no, I mean, this, when you do, tell me you know about isn't the that just a, Isn't that just a, any Dusty Baker managed baseball game? <laughs> no, no, Martin Pryor's career. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo is right. This is, you know, the 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 legend of Daisuke Matsuzaka who came to the U.S. after throwing thousands Nobody. of thousands too many pitches. Anyway. Can I give my Alan Nobody Robinson said he was wrong. Really quick? Ah, uh, man. <laughs> sure. it's, you act like you don't have an outlet to give takes. I'm, 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 this is from our podcast, which Ooh. you should listen to. Again, Dominic Foster again. we're doing it. Um, okay. I'm new to this. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> I think Alan Stafford – wow. Alan Stafford? Alan Robinson, oh. Alan Robinson is actually going to be more comfortable if Matthew Stafford sort of hurt with the worst arm. This is what he's used to. Ooh, <laughs> oh, no, my man. Just do it. If he gets he's out there and it's a perfect spiral, if it hits him in stride, he's going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. But if he sees a wobble, a duck, then he's like, okay, this is more my speed. I love I, that take, Alabaster. I feel, right, right now, I feel like LeBron James will feel in a couple years when his son is on the team, <laughs> Duncan, because my little take giver is given. <laughs> that's a masterful take. That's impressive. Can, now can you got to do it consistently, I... and you got to get a whole region of the country to hate you in the morning. Then you'll be at take tip toppity. At some point, should one of us say Josh Allen's name? Oh, we're we scared. You can't that? say it out loud. You don't say that name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> You do not use not use the name of Josh Allen in vain. You you just said his name. It must be a, a reason for it. I mean, I just want to know, Kevin, if the high that me and Dominique have been on, whenever we say Josh Allen's name, snort Josh Allen's mm. essence, Oof. put him on a spoon and put a lighter underneath that spoon and <laughs> do things that, that I probably shouldn't even euphemistically be describing no, right absolutely now. Absolutely not. And I shouldn't be pantomiming it either. <laughs> For the podcast audience, Dominique is also pantomiming that. No, no, don't tell the podcast audience. How many times can we say podcast in one show? The podcast audience can't see my tie. (laughs) They can hear your tie, to be clear. (laughs) I was thinking earlier. uh, Yeah, leave it there. So earlier when you were giving a stat and I thought that you were going to use that stat to justify the opinion that you were making, and then you curved away from it, I felt like you needed to take the tie off and unbutton a couple of buttons. It just didn't feel right. It feels like a guy in a tie, a guy in a tie can't give a bunch of reasons and then go the other. Now this guy, oh, oh. Ho, that guy says bleep them stats. I got a feeling in my gut. Put it all on the other guys. I was hoping it was a clip on. A little disappointed. <laughs> oh, God. But the betting favorite to win MVP, This is my, Josh this is Allen, my yes. I just have a feeling look. Yeah, I, mm. I agree. That is that's mm. not the stat me down look. That's the I take your stats and I throw them out. All right, Josh if Allen. If I get if I like later on when we talk about Jameis Winston and I accurately describe the anatomy of the human body, do I have to retie this? Oh yeah, you got you got snug that up a little bit. Snug okay. it up a little bit. Absolutely. We'll see how we'll we'll it will be like Windsor a sliding scale. We can yeah, kind of... I like this as an ongoing bit for you. Is <laughs> depending on your take, we got to put the tie. Take temperature. Like, yeah, correlates um, the tie knot. What do you want to say about Josh Allen that hasn't been said? Like, we went bananas over Josh Allen on every platform every day that we can. I think he is outstanding. Oh, oh, let me hear it. Bring, do the, do the close-up again. <laughs> oh, man, call for a oh, one-shot. If, if, Kevin, 
I was going to say I this. Saw... If Kevin Clark mentions Ken Dorsey as the first proper name out of his mouth, I'm no, going to be. I appreciate. Be... Our... Oh. Thank you. I spent some time with Josh Allen in July <laughs> and August. Uh, over two days, I would say. We were on exercise bikes at one point. Uh, mm. just, just chopping it up. Just chopping wow. it up. And I think, I, this, I haven't said this name yet. I'm going to say it now. Ken Dorsey, new offensive coordinator. I think there's some some growth here that I think is really underrated. So I do think Brian Dable was a very good head uh, – he will be a very good head coach. I do think he was a good offensive coordinator. I do think the Bills did one of the best team-building jobs in the history of the NFL around Josh Allen. What you get now is Josh Allen – I don't know. What are we on? 3.0, 4.0, something like that? Yeah. Because Josh Allen's going to own that quarterback room. This will be his offense. I don't think mm. it's going to be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, hey, I'm the offensive coordinator here thing. Like they, Those guys gotten later in their career. But I think it's going to be Josh Allen's offense. He's going to be the through line. And that's why I think we're going to see maybe, maybe the best version of Josh Allen we've ever seen. It may not be the best mm. Bills we've seen. Because, by the way, seven months ago they played the perfect game in history where they didn't have any field goals, punts, or turnovers. Yes. They just scored touchdowns every time against, by the way, <laughs> the best defensive uh, mind in history of football they should yes. have beaten the kansas city chiefs they just you know just got unlucky basically so this is josh allen upgraded well what yeah. is that what dominique so like the version of josh allen who cannot be run on my phone because it's too old that's the yes. version we're going to get like the advanced version what does that even look like given that he's already played the perfect game yeah i don't i don't know i i, I don't know so the the reason why i rewatched the first half of that Patriots game because I just thought it was worth checking out what Bill Belichick wanted to do against Josh Allen. And I noticed, I mean, I didn't watch the second half because there was no reason to watch the second half, but I saw that their strategy was broken by Josh Allen's athleticism. And I didn't remember this from last year, but I saw it there. So like that gave me less um, appreciation, I guess, for Brian Dayball's game day contribution yeah. because it kind of was like, Bill Belichick had zones that, and they were playing the zones in a way that forced Josh Allen to pull it down. They doubled the right people at the right times. But eventually, Josh Allen, they called design runs for him, or he just ran himself, or he scrambled and made something happen. So the combination of his athleticism and arm strength and size and physicality, like, yeah, there's there's no answer for it. So, like, when he was the, I guess the answer is that you hope he makes mistakes. So when he was confused in that game and that O-line was playing well enough, he just buy more time, tuck yeah. it, move around. So it's not impossible to confuse him. However, once you confuse him, I'm not sure that you weren't better off with him knowing what you were doing and knowing <laughs> where to go with the ball. Because once you get him out moving, it's like it's how you feel about Patrick Mahomes in some way. Except in this with this guy, you might end up with a concussion after he runs <laughs> through you. Yes, your football um, mind degraded in a different way. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I talked to Brandon B in the GM about this, about, about Allen making mistakes and why it happens. And he said it's when he tries to do too much, and so you put a roster around him that prohibits that. He never has to do too much because, A, they, they drafted James Cook this year. We know about the weapons. We know about the offensive line. The problem is Josh Allen is too competitive and tries to win every rep, just like Dominic Foxworth yeah. on this show. And so if you give him as many safety valves as possible and they feel like they've done that in the offense – then you're going to have answers at every level for the offense, and he's not going to make those mistakes. The problem is Josh Allen on a bad team would be so competitive. I mean, you heard this a little bit with Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech. The reason he made so many mistakes is he felt he had to put the, the team, the program, 
Cliff Kingsbury on his back, <laughs> and that's why he was forcing throws. Josh Allen's wired the same way. So you give him a talented offense. This is not a unique thing. Give him a better team, and he'll be better. But I do think the way he's wired, he has to have that talent around him, and he's got it. Last year, they lost in week one to the Steelers, and that was like the pass rush was a problem, um, and I guess he couldn't outdo the great Ben Roethlisberger, but I guess I, I was like- Podcaster. Scoured. Roethlisberger's a podcaster now. Wait, what's, uh, what's, the name of, what's, what's the name of his podcast? I didn't know uh, this. Footballin, uh, but, but there's an H in there. Footballin, like Pittsburgh. Oh, so, got it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the the hope, I guess, is that he revert. So I was looking at his numbers from last year, and he was, if you remember, his problem early in his career, he was making, like, bad decisions. And some of those can be attribute to, attributed to him trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. But also, he was inaccurate, and inaccuracy is a problem in the NFL, particularly against man coverage. So man coverage is going to be tighter. The windows are going to be smaller. You got to be more accurate. You don't want to go man coverage against a guy who has that type of athleticism because then he'll run and get busy and you're secondary. However, I looked last year and his QBR is best against man coverage. And, uh, you know, I give all the credit to Stefan Diggs, but the answer to him getting better is hope, hopefully his muscle memory reverts back to what it was in his first and second year and in college when he could not consistently put the ball exactly where he wants it. But he's gotten that down now, so there's really no hope. Can I ask a little bit of a zoom out question Gabriel on the Bills? Davis too? No, I was gonna say. Gabe so, Davis. so the last memory that I have of the Bills is 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 the most moral victory loss in the history of moral victory losses, right? It's Gabriel Davis catching four touchdowns. It's the Bills. Everybody believing that they were served this injustice by the coin flip, losing in overtime to the Chiefs, all of that. But the first half or so, right, of the season for the Bills was not at all something that would make you think, oh, this is the obvious betting favorite for next season, right? So, like, what happened in the first half? What happened in the second half? Is that instructive to how they start this season? Yeah, so what happened in the first half is that teams were able to, and and Fox is going to jump through the box here in a second, teams were able to take the deep pass away. And using two deep safeties. Oh, there it is. Um, Days since two deep was mentioned on a football show. Their solution to this, which I found to be ingenious, was to throw deeper. Don't take what the defense (laughs) can give you. Just say, we're going to throw those deep crossers, but we're going to do it so far behind the safeties that your two deep doesn't matter. Now, you need an offensive line to do that. You need a quarterback who can move with with that. But that's what was happening. They made massive adjustments. Both the Chiefs and the Bills uh, basically did master classes last year on how to change the offense over the course of the season. They they did it in completely opposite ways. The, The Chiefs went shorter. The Bills went deeper. Um, but that's what happened. But I, I would also say, with the extra game, with the way some of these rosters are constructed, Pablo, we're getting a little bit NBA-ish, where yeah. we're kind of just getting ready for January in a couple different places. Ooh. I was in Green Bay a couple weeks ago, and you kind of get the vibe there. It's like, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to say this, but, like, I don't think they're that scared about the Bears. Um, you know, Dominique has some thoughts on the Bears, I think. But Ooh, yeah. um, we I do to th- my Bears takes eventually? I- <laughs> But I, I think that they're kind of sitting around saying, like, what's up with, with January? Really Sean McVay told Matt LaFleur, um, and I have to Sean about this, but that, that, <laughs> that, that uh, should we get a counter up? Well, counter. Yeah. Oh, the tie yeah. should but, also get so tight that it begins to strangle you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love uh, it. <laughs> so Sean said that the NFL playoffs now are the closest thing to March Madness you're going to possibly get. Once you get the bye, it's all good teams. It's all 
Kyle Shanahan, former assistants, uh, I believe is also the case. Um, but Accurate. it's not the depth is such in the NFL right now that it's not about the best team winning. It's about the best team in those three hours. And I think that there's a lot of people now who are saying, okay, I don't care about what happens in October. By the way, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll were doing this for years. They're game planning in October for January to try to figure something out. That's why what happened last year happened with the Bills. Yeah, that that was where I was going to go because you took the analytical angle, but you also took my angle. So I could be mad at you, but I'm not mad at you. I'm proud of you. You dropped some names. I grew up on 90s hip hop. So being braggadocious and throwing it in people's <laughs> face, I don't care if you come on here with a Gucci shirt that got G's all over it. I'm not hating on you. You want people to know you got on Gucci? You want diamonds on? Do that. And that's what you just did. You're, that was the complete wipe me down of takes that you just had right there. And I'm proud of you. And also they don't do design runs early in the season with Josh Allen. And that is very debilitating to their offense design runs with Josh Allen come out against the good teams and when it matters, and that's Wait, how it should is, be. But Dominique, this, this is to me like a take that I'm absolutely going to use to inform how I see football this year, which is simply that there is a taking your foot off the pedal early on, right? The NBA analogy to me is striking, not just because that's the reason why everybody says the NBA is less popular than the NFL, mm -hmm. but also that in a world where Again, we talked about this week, we're getting, we're, we're getting so close to your Bears take. But in a world where injury is on the line on every play and you're doing a, a disservice to the yeah. players involved, if you're not trying your best, this so actually they, uh, does really happen in your experience. I do not, but not in my experience as a player, but in my experience watching games, I think that it is true for certain teams that have Super Bowl aspirations. And it's not about the players or about the weak of preparation as much as it's about the things that they are willing to do and show. In the same way that you're going to be more vanilla in the preseason, you're going to put some sprinkles on it. And early in the regular season, you might get some whipped cream by the end of the regular season. Playoffs come, cherries galore, dropping ooh, them all over ooh. the place. All so over I, those football nips, yeah. I think, yeah. I think that this is a reasonable way to go about like optimizing your chances to win. But no one in the there's a whole different feeling around basketball. So you can keep adding games. So by adding an extra game, yes, it dilutes the product and it lessens the importance of every other game. And also by taking away, by adding another playoff spot and taking away a buy, like yeah. the incentives to go all out are not nearly as strong as they once were. So right. the impact that that's had is a lot more money for a lot of other people, but smart coaches and smart teams are planning for an entire season rather than planning planning week to week it's like a it's like um, managing your money to some degree it's like hey we can go paycheck to paycheck or we can plan to uh be rich at the end of the day i would also mm -hmm. say that it's also pure nfl is that how poor like you pablo <laughs> i don't know yeah i I'm, say to myself i'm, I'm, too rich to I'm gonna be not rich today that's what i tell myself yep i don't uh, know what I, it's like it's also pure NFL because they're expanding the schedule. You're saying that the NBA is less popular because teams, you know, rest players, whatever. The NFL gets the best of both worlds. They get to expand, but they don't get less popular because no one can notice the teams don't care. Yes. Right? So this, like, is, this is why my eyes are so, yes. like, open yeah. about it, this whole they, thing. They, yes. It's just little subtle things like Josh Allen isn't going to do design runs. He's not going to put himself out there yeah. until December or January. So Roger Goodell gets to get the extra game check for an extra week. He gets the extra playoff game now. He gets one less buy. But unless you're sitting there watching the tape or have yeah. some stats, for instance, yeah. you don't understand that the game is tangibly different in September now.
It's because the game is is two reasons why. The game is much more complex yes. than um, basketball. So the average fan is not going to see or understand or appreciate the differences in game plans. And also the players are like less noticeable. There's like two guys on a team, maybe, that the average fan will like care whether they're there or not. And it's like a quarterback and maybe one other guy, one defensive player or one receiver. Like for the, to be fair, we could sub in a bunch of college players and as long as they had on the right uniforms, my my opinion, the average fan wouldn't notice notice the difference. I don't know why we're Agreed. diving into the business model of professional football, well, but I find it no, interesting. Can, can I, I like steer how we're back the only to what show, we're talking about? Kevin, uh, yeah. please do. I just like how we've become the only show that's now undercutting how good this game is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That's so amazing. The Bills, <laughs> um, the Bills told me that uh, there was a play. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Was it the mascot? Who's the Bills? You got to. It was Brandon Bean. But listen, uh, they told me that they got Damn. on Josh. There's a specific play. They got on Josh for trying Josh, to, to bulldoze. To bull, well, he, Brandon calls him Josh. So I feel like okay. I can call him Josh. What did you um, call him when you guys were cycling next to each other? I, I just, I, I, probably brother. <laughs> well, that's a hard R, man. Um, oh, look at that. Heart rate variability, brother. Mm. Uh, so there was a play where he trucked Kyle Van Noy against mm-hmm. Miami two years ago. And I think it was early in the season. And Brandon, after the game, was like, I will never get on you for an interception. But I will get on you for trying to truck Kyle Van Noy for no reason and risking your long-term health because you're not earning anything. You're getting, like, social media. You're getting, like, the NFL main account tweet being, like, Josh Allen is a problem. That's all you're getting (laughs) when you truck Kyle Van Noy. You're getting maybe, like, a a, a deep deep bruise. Who's that person who makes the videos where everyone's in a meeting? That you get maybe one of those. Oh, right? you're talking Who's about that? Coach Thirty? No, I'm talking about. We're, we're, anyway, this is this is oh, okay. a, a deep cut where I make fun of the person who makes those bad videos. But anyway, we can move okay. on. Okay. Well, the idea that trucking Kyle Van Noy has no value disgusts me. Like I, Brand, call Brandon up, and I need you to tell him. I personally am not a Bills fan, so I don't care if you win the Super Bowl or not. I'd much rather have some footage of Josh Allen doing incredible things Same. that we've never seen happen before. So please do not coach sense into Josh Allen. Let Josh Allen do his thing. Yeah, I am being thoughtful for the rest of us. The idea that there are plays being left out on the field <laughs> because Brandon Bean wants to win a Super Bowl. Like, it's just so selfish. Do the right thing. Oh. Alabaster, we managed to get through that whole topic without angering any Bears fans. And I think, yes, a perspective that has been quite valuable. I like that. I wonder how long you've been holding onto that card, waiting for a reason to put it down. Uh, uh, 26 minutes. There's actually a clock. uh, (laughs) Oh, I just meant the card might be from previous days. That's all. No, no. I was no, doing the big humility thing. Event. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me. Um, the playbook will expand over the course of the season, Dominique. Just okay. relax. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we're gonna tweet out a clip of us just dominating you there with like a bunch of flexing emojis and like the bull emoji, just like you're the Kyle Van Noy here. But let's move this on. Coffee is strong, um, man. Let's I'm amped. talk about Jameis Winston, mm. who's he's a gift in press conferences, and we have one for you to listen to. What are the chances that Jameis Winston knows his stuff? Hmm. We're all like it's our body is so symmetrical, right? You got you got your wrists, you know, and then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? 
your ankles. You know, you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips. You know what I'm saying? You got your elbows. What are your elbows? Knees. Your knees, right? Like so. Well, <laughs> uh, it's symmetrical, and you just got to work different parts. I like to imagine that the question someone asked him was, "Jameis Winston, why do you throw as many interceptions as touchdowns?" <laughs> I like that. You know, like that's that symmetry app, the face symmetry app to show like how beautiful you would be if your face was like fully yeah. symmetrical. I like the idea of going back to Jameis's season where he threw the same <laughs> amount of touchdowns and interception and just appreciate appreciating it for its beauty. Just how and, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yes. like that's he, he did it on purpose. Wasn't it like a pick six at the end of that season too? Mm -hmm. Just that was how he got to thirty. That's right. What he worked um, for? I don't. He knows what he's. He knows his stuff. I'll say one hundred percent. Because yes, he knows his stuff. I don't know whose other stuff he knows, but it <laughs> seems that he knows the the um, knowledge of Jameis Winston or the the information of Jameis Winston is something he knows. He doesn't know the information that the rest of us have because I don't know what the hell he's talking about. One of the big hallmarks of James Winston's career is that early in his career, he could not see a lot. He had very bad eyes. Yeah. He had to wear glasses all the time. He got LASIK surgery at the beginning of last season. And now, I would suggest, he sees better than anybody in the world. And he's the only person who's walking around and realizing that the elbows and the knees are the same. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I think it's 100%. And I think that we, we all need LASIK surgery so that one day we can realize that the, the wrists are the ankles. <laughs> I am going to go with the layup of 0% here. <laughs> I have been this guy trying to filibuster. Someone asked me a football question. I can't keep up with the actual football minds. I'm talking about Japanese baseball tournaments. <laughs> an obvious 0%. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. James Winston is the, is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to weird ass uh, quotes and actions. Never forget well, he ate the W. That's right. No, it's a lot of call and response in his sort of like public oh, yeah. speaking approach, yeah. which I feel like is both endearing and also at this point, obviously, um, conspicuously trying he, to cover up. He also stole crab legs from a Publix in a city yeah. where he sh he could just tell somebody he was taking them. And they'd be like, <laughs> sounds good, brother. Like, it doesn't, you know, it, it's oh, like, if, it, like if we found out that, like, Josh Allen stole a beer from a bar, we'd be like, in Buffalo, we'd be like, why wouldn't you just ask for a free yeah. beer? Like, that's I, the... I'd be so angry at the bar owner. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, just give him that, the beer. No, he, did, he didn't steal a beer from your bar. He took a beer that belonged to him because everything in Buffalo belongs to Josh Allen at this point. That's right. Yes. I also feel like, um, what is it? Um, what are, what's it? It's the same. Oh, Aloha in Hawaiian mm -hmm. is like hello and goodbye. I feel like brother yeah. also is just one of those words that means whatever yeah. you need it to <laughs> It does. Yeah. No matter the context. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I got oh, my brother. mind went somewhere else would have gotten us in trouble, but I caught that. You see that? I got a filter, guys. I'm glad you intercepted yourself. I did. Fitting end to the Jameis Winston segment, Alabaster. <laughs> Just surprised you didn't drop it. Um, let's move on. I'm so what jealous of your hosting abilities, Pablo. <laughs> what are the chances oh. Kyle Shanahan should have added a Patronize seventh captain me. since Trey Lance finished seventh in the team vote? We have a clip. Let's watch. If you, if you, if you can look into it that much, he was seventh in the voting. I just don't want to put seven on there. I always get the final tally and I could cheat if I wanted to. Um, I actually didn't at all. I agreed with all their choices and I just made the decision not to have eight of them. So it just, Dominique, like Kevin, you guys, you guys spend a lot of time 
in and around locker rooms. What is with this whole like padding our high school resume ass nature of captaincy? Like Inflation. why are there so many? Why are like the Tua was the sixth captain? Why are there a half dozen captains? What is a captain actually? I don't know. So, so were you ever a captain? Um, no, not in. Uh, I mean, I was captain. This was the captain thing started later in my career. I was a captain for games. We also always had the election. The captain C thing started like later in my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each team always had a captain. We always had captain elections. It's normally special teams, offense, defense. Three captains. Offensive captain always the quarterback. If it's not the quarterback, something's wrong. And so I played for Mike Shanahan, and we always kind of thought that our votes didn't count. <laughs> there was some election fraud going on. <laughs> and Count and it, the ballots. Yeah, it was like, we didn't care. It was like, all right, whatever. We know who the captains are. And we like you feel the leadership in the locker room. You feel it in a different way. It doesn't matter who's named captain and who's not named captain. So I, I believe that the point of a captain is like you're supposed to be like the liaison between the referees and the coaches. But in our locker room, it's like he's supposed to be the leader in the locker room, supposed to keep things in order. And it doesn't matter who is elected or who wears the C. Many times, I mean, I use Ray Lewis and Ed Reed as example often. Like uh, Ray was obviously like the face of the Ravens, but there are many times in our locker room that – uh, particularly late in, in Ray's career, where Ed was obviously like the guy. And yeah. Suggs at times was like the guy. And they didn't necessarily give the speeches. They didn't talk to the media as much. But they took on a lot of the responsibilities of, like, the in-locker room captain guy. So having seven of them dilutes the value. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Because, like I said, the guys who do the leading do the leading, whether they get elected or, uh, or there's a fake election or not. The Giants have ten. Wow. wow. The Giants have 10. And I'm going to throw out a theory here. 10? That Do they all do, get C's on their jerseys? I, I don't know. I don't know how many C's they have. In, I mean, like, that's, that's a lot of C's. The equipment yeah. guy's in hell right now. Yeah, um, some limitations. So Kyle Shanahan accidentally said Debo Samuel was a captain, okay? And then he said, actually, Debo Samuel was eighth, okay? Then later he says that, Trey Lance was seventh, but he didn't accidentally say Trey Lance. He accidentally said Debo Samuel. I don't think Trey Lance was seventh. I don't. I think that oh, he – and also, also the, the, the throw in there, oh, I could have cheated if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, who says that other than people who were actively rigging the vote count? You said that his <laughs> father, Mike Shanahan, maybe did some tampering with the vote counting. I think he knew what kind of story this was going to be. Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. There's still a lot of guys who love Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that there's probably in the back of a lot of veterans' minds the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo will one day return to be the starting quarterback, kind of like like a kind of a Shakespearean king type of situation, um, where he you know week nine he's starting against the Rams or whatever. So I think that there probably weren't that many votes for Trey Lance, and the rigging that- happened in the also receiving votes category. How many Ooh. votes did I want the the ballots? How many votes did Jimmy G get? That is a much more interesting storyline. Like how many? Bro, votes? I am not a believer that the locker room is behind Jimmy G personally, but I could be proven wrong because if he got any votes, that would be surprising what? and concerning for me. Well, in part because, like, I I don't know a team that does not name their quarterback captain, even if he's a rookie, even if he's in his second year, yeah. even if he his best highlights are against Youngstown State you still give the captaincy to the quarterback. It's just a thing that we do. I don't know what the rest of the league is like, but I assume that 
just about every other yeah. team, the quarterback is the cap. That, that that's the problem here is that right. Kyle Shanahan knows the story is going to be that he's not a captain. So if yes. he was actually seventh, if he was close to being a captain, Kyle Shanahan would have said, screw it, he's a captain. The fact that he didn't get it <laughs> means he wasn't seventh. Yeah, I would have just made... I Open mean, your if, eyes. If we believe him, I would have just made seven captains. Yes. Like, right. <laughs> no, like, so, so can you, yes, then you don't, makes, then you don't re release how he was ranked. I don't understand is, the point of not giving. There's no, this is like the Oscars. There's no Price Waterhouse audit of this. They don't put it in a little box. We he need, just makes we it need, up. we need exit polls. We need, uh, we need election reform. But what we're getting at, Alabaster, what's so funny to me about this story now is that this has become, per Kevin, per Dominique, like an actually meaningful revealing at the very 100%. least kind of dynamic, mm -hmm. right? Because everything about the 49ers quarterback situation has demanded theories. Yeah. And now we have evidence that suggests we should keep theorizing. I can't help but imagine from the beginning of this captain segment, a scenario in which someone gets their captaincy ripped off in the middle of a game. Like that's, that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's something that I think would make for a great like football movie, yeah, or just a great. Oh no, this is very, very. Sunday. You need me on that wall, so, kind of. Yeah, like in soccer, military they, tribunal style. In thing. soccer, yeah, they, they have the uh, bands. Yeah. In soccer, they wear an armband and they just pass it around if somebody gets subbed off or something. So we could do that. The C, the problem with the C is it needs to be Velcro. We need yeah. to, we need to know it's not permanent. Oh no, but I I like that it's permanent. I'm not thinking passing it to someone else. I'm thinking someone plays so poorly or does yeah. something so egregious that, I don't know, an offensive tackle maybe walks up, grabs the captaincy, rips it off. You're not my captain. <laughs> and, then, and then they no, go on. Hashtag not my captain. Yeah. Hashtag Jimmy G 2024. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. Uh, yeah. Call the secretary. Mitch Trubisky is a captain in Pittsburgh. Like Mike Tomlin knows what he's doing. He's, he's going to say, you know what? He's the quarterback. And guess what? If he gets benched in week five, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So, so let me ask a point blank question. Let me ask a point blank question to you guys. Does this make you reconsider what kind of a genius Kyle Shanahan is? This specific story? No. Mm -mm. No. no it's, yeah. if anything, I already knew what if kind anything, of a genius he is. Yeah. Like he doesn't he have like a tattoo of Chris Sims on his body, and, <laughs> and he named his child after a Lil Wayne album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's right. I, I that's was right. under no misconception that Kyle Shanahan is a genius in any way, other than he was born to Mike Shanahan, so he really, really understands his own blocking scheme and, and how to build and how to build offense around that. Yeah, he's that kind of genius. Everything else, mm hmm. I feel like the captain's see should be like uh, how Killmonger had like those things in his skin oh, for all the people for... he had murdered. Yeah, you should get like a sub dural like object for every C that you. I win. see something in the bottom right hand corner. Oh wow! Oh, have we arrived organically at a take? Forty <sighs> ers gonna score fifty against the Bears, or at least I hope they do in Week One. So how do, how do we do this? It wasn't on the so rundown. For the podcast audience, Dominique has spent most of today at war with Chicago and its environs because you said, and I believe this is roughly a quote, um, the Bears cap situation is what? It, it, what was the phrase? Is shit, know. is a mess, terrible, is a, a mess. mess. 
right. And all these people are coming at you saying, actually, next season, so, right? Lots yeah, of I, I, I shouldn't so have let you set it up. I shouldn't let you set it up because you set it up poorly. Yeah. I said that Justin Fields should, should demand yes. a trade. And amongst many reasons why I said he should demand a trade was that their cap is a mess. And I'm not afraid of like Chicago. I, I mean, it ain't nothing but cold ass Mississippi. It's the same thing. <laughs> you got tall buildings <laughs> and all the like, I don't know, like after during Jim Crow, Mississippi moved to Chicago. Sure. So y'all, I mean, y'all trying to act like you some fancy city in the middle of the country. You want my respect? Get on a coast, not no lake coast. Get on an ocean <laughs> coast. Wow. Well, a couple things. Alabaster wanted no part of that. And he I was will involved. say, you're so devoted to not plugging anything, you won't even plug the book, The Warmth of Other Suns, which is an amazing book yes. about exactly Isabel what you're describing Wilkerson. that I'm sure that, uh, that we've all read. I, I would have that, plugged mm -hmm. that book if the author was not Isabel Wilkerson, uh -oh. but it was Dominique Foxworth. Then <laughs> I would plug the book. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I do think it's very funny that Bears fans ignored everything else you said, like because they were good points. It, Justin Fields has not been set up to succeed this year. The offensive line, uh, the wide receivers are not becoming of of a second year quarterback who has the chance to to take a step up. That's it. I mean, like the biggest jump in a guy's career is always from year one to year two. The fact that Josh Allen from year two to year three is a huge, huge outlier. The only two quarterbacks who've had a year three jump. Josh Allen and Troy Aikman. And in both of those spots, they went into absolutely hopeless situations and the team around them got significantly better. I don't think that's going to happen in Chicago. I agree that this is a hopeless situation in Chicago for the next year, certainly. I don't know if I would demand a trade if I was Justin Fields. Also, I don't think his market's going to be that big. But having said that, having said that, it's very funny to me that they harped on the salary cap part of it only because they could just do a little chart on Spotrack and say, yeah. got your ass, Foxworth. I mean, that's that is yep. that's called quality first taking, though. That's how you win on first take is you pick out one little yeah. piece. Yes, take and out then the you microscope. Drill on that. So um, you made a lot of points that I feel like I need to push back on, but I don't care. If you guys care, listen to my podcast that <laughs> 13 times. If not, who cares? Let's move on and talk about the Seahawks. So to recap, we've already, we've already given North Mississippi enough of our time. Yes, okay. to recap, don't read the seminal text, The Warmth of Other Suns. Do listen to. Yes. Dominic Foxworth. The, the warmth of my takes. <laughs> the name of my podcast. Um, we have four minutes, guys. Do you want to talk Seahawks or the U.S. Open? Open. To you guys. I don't. Give me some big foe. Well, I mean, I what believe. is there to say about the Seahawks? All right, we'll we'll do a quick Seahawks stuff. They're not going to be good this year. I'm losing my tie big for foe. the U.S. Open because I don't know who's playing and what's going on. So it's just going to be <laughs> pure vibes. Big okay. foe. Let me, okay, so Francis Tiafo, great American Hope tennis player, is playing mm -hmm. Spanish prodigy Carlos Alcaraz, who won a five-set, five-hour thriller last night over Yannick Sinner in the semifinals. Our question, if Francis Tiafo, big foe, beats Carlos Alcaraz to make the U.S. Open final, then blank. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. Then I'll Man. be happy. I mean – uh, America will care about tennis until yeah. the next Grand Slam, and we'll all be big foe fans. And hopefully, he can like uh, perform well enough to maintain that momentum. But I think that's it. And from what I understand, like this is the sooner we get to Charlie, the better off we are because he's the only one who really knows about tennis to you a know, deep degree. I need to I need to pipe in here because I've looked up to uh, Big Foe, who I knew existed. Thank you. 
one <laughs> good job. Ago. Um, uh, it looks like he's from College Park, Maryland. If, oh, you damn right. So if he wins, this is the biggest Terps-adjacent accomplishment since Dominique Foxworth <laughs> and his crew won the ACC and went to the Orange oh. Bowl 20 years ago. And since Dominique Foxworth released the podcast that you can download <laughs> the interview. For the love of God. <laughs> Alcaraz. Can we, Al Alabaster, in fairness to Carlos, very quickly, he did something that I've never seen before. I don't know if we have the video of it. I hate to set you up for a non-video, but he hit a shot behind his back. Mm. Like, yes, I, do I don't know much about Carlos outside of the fact that he's very good. He moves well and did that. Nice. But check this shit out. <sighs> it was incredible. And that was, it was before the winner. But anyway, you guys can look yeah, it up. It's going it. to play on. It's going to play on loop. The good, because, the, no, I mean, the good thing about having a fake oh. TV show that's Yo! on the internet is if they're watching <laughs> it, they can just open another tab and go to YouTube. And watch this too, but that's Alcaraz? so. If Francis Tiafo beats Carlos Alcaraz to make the U.S. Open final, then Dominique Foxworth better cry on Debatable because he's uh, been saying on all these platforms how he almost cried. I did so almost cry by the story. I could, I, I could have cried, but I'm a Neanderthal and I forced down the tears. So, what is Alcaraz's uh, nickname? It better be The Rock. The Rock. I was gonna say <laughs> if he was a boxer, he'd already Michael Buffer would already be calling him The Rock. Oh, man. So All right, we only left hit? one minute for the only guy who knows anything about tennis to talk. Well, the funniest thing is uh, Alcaraz's nickname has been given to him by, like, the tennis comment, uh, commentators, and it's, it's not good. They call him the Bone Crusher. They left a, they left a, really, uh, a really easy one with the rock on the table. But, yeah, they said because he hits his forehand so hard. The Bone Crusher. Wow. Is, Gotta workshop that one. Didn't Bone that Crusher have, like, one big song? Yeah. You remember uh, that rapper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Who's calling for a called? full and total shutdown of tennis commentary until we can figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they, they need to watch more, like, football and basketball commentary and understand, like, don't nobody care about your country, country club ethics. Let's have a good time. Uh-oh. <laughs> that point really made me think, Dominique. The passive aggression of the cards increasing as you guys continue to do podcasts together now, is see, a remarkable development. This is because they know that I hate compliments. And he's trying to upset me and it's not going to work. I'm going to accept them and seethe inside, but I will not give you the satisfaction of being, <laughs> of being openly angry about it. It's a very but good podcast. Trust me, I listen to I, it. It's very good. Um, Kevin's is awesome too, guys. I, I, um, I know that here. because Kevin's awesome. I have not listened here. to it yet, but I will. I think Donald Foster Daily, is the best man. football analyst on earth is a hundred percent. Okay. Yes. Stop. That's. All right, I'm leaving. That's I tweeted obviously. it. I tweeted it yesterday. What am I like? Am I Kyle Shanahan? I'm faking tweets. Are we no, in a tweet. compliment contest? And if so, why is no one complimenting? How is it that I we wound you know up to this I think point? You know we know you'll compliment yourself. Ugh. I'm going to print out a C and put it on my shirt.